0: Stampede Garner isn't 183 recorded 57 2023.
1: When it rains five days and the skies turn black as night Well when it rains five days and the skies turn black as night trouble in the lowlands and everything ain't right oh well i woke up this morning couldn't even get out of my door yeah 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 I woke up this morning couldn't even get out of my door punks Oh
0: The upcoming election of 2024 is already shaping up to being a major affair, having both Democrats and Republicans slinging mud at each other, with accusations probably being unprecedented. Normally, I try to avoid endorsing any politician. I blame both parties for the mess this country is in, but I can't help pointing out some of the more important conditions of the upcoming American political landscape. It appears we have a feeble sitting president who was accused of stealing the 2016 election with his son, Hunter Biden, embroiled in scandals involving large amounts of money when his father was vice president under the Obama administration. Hunter Biden was appointed to the Burisma Holding Company, a large producer of natural gas in Ukraine, and he received about $50,000 per month for his services. Officials expressed concern that Hunter, who had no experience in the oil industry, was simply appointed to this holding company because of Joe Biden's involvement of Ukraine's internal political problems in 2014. Hunter continued receiving a salary at Burisma until 2019, but what he accomplished there isn't clear. Previously, he had a long involvement working in the U.S. federal government. It would suggest he gained employment because of his father, Joe, who had been a senator from Delaware since 1972. After graduating from law school, Hunter accepted a position in a bank holding company, MBNA, after it donated $200,000 to Joe's Senate campaign in 1996. At the time, Joe was instrumental in passing legislation beneficial to the credit card industry, supportive to MBNA. Hunter rose to vice president of NBNA until his resignation in 1998 at the age of 28. He then received a job at the United States Commerce Department under the Clinton administration. As well, Hunter began a lobbyist career as his father passed legislation concerning American industries. So much for transparency in government. Yes, Willie. There's nothing more thrilling than the music of a good band.
1: I know, Daddy. But why did they stop? Only the drummers are playing.
0: Well, the drums keep playing so that the band can march in step.
1: But when will they all play again? The drum major is going to blow his whistle now. Now they'll all play together. Now, everyone on the band takes a rest while the bugles play.
0: I'm not a sociologist or an economist, skilled at studying. The work habits of the people in the U.S. labor market. It seems to me when people graduate from an educational system, they normally seek work and when they've found a job, they usually spend years climbing up the pay scale. But I might be old-fashioned in that thought. If you look at Hunter's work record, he appears to have skipped around gaining important employment and receiving rapid promotions. Of course, he may have exceptional skills that allowed him to manipulate the system to his advantage. In 2006, under the Bush administration, Hunter was appointed to a five-year term on the board of directors of Amtrak. Hunter would have been 36 years of age. Now, honestly, I don't know how a 36-year-old gets a job right at the top to be on the board of directors for a corporation like Amtrak. But I've got a sneaky suspicion it had to do with Joe Biden, his father, being a U.S. senator. Let's face it, nepotism is the stepchild of raw politics. Cronyism is second cousin. But Hunter appears never to have been satisfied. He's always been on the make attempting to improve his condition. In 2013, he began serving on the board of the private equity fund BHR Partners, with a 10% stake in the company, connected to assets from the Bank of China, Deutsche Bank, and a Chinese asset management company, that collected funds for financial services. BHR Company involved startup businesses in the Chinese automotive industry, a $3.9 billion mining company of copper and cobalt in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Assisted in the Chinese defense contract, In the acquisition of an auto parts company in the state of Michigan and several other businesses. As a board member on BHR, Biden's expertise was his connection to his father being a U.S. senator. Hunter didn't gain access to $3.9 billion with the last name of Smith whose father owned a small grocery store in Peoria, Illinois. No, he was a board member with access to $3.9 billion because he had the last name of a U.S. senator and soon-to-be vice president of the United States under the Obama administration. Maybe it wasn't corrupt. But it smelled bad.
2: I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's everything Tell me you're mine evermore Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up
0: Now, the show is nearly half over, and I haven't begun talking about Mr. Trump, but I first have to finish highlighting more of Hunter Biden and, of course, his father Joe. To finish with Hunter, I confess I have a certain antipathy toward him because of my own personal life being educated at one of the best fine arts schools of America the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. I've been trained to look and appreciate beautiful art, and I confess, when I learned of Hunter Biden, along with his vast experience in government, that he was also an artist, and attempting to sell his paintings. Well, I was curious. Now, I'm in favor of people exploring their creative side. This country would be much better off if more people spent time doing that. But when I learned Hunter was selling each of his creations for around $500,000, I had to look at what he was offering. Now, according to the English poet Keats, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And I confess, at most, I would offer $5 at a garage sale for an original Hunter Biden painting. I have a deep respect for people who are creative. Dancers, actors, musicians, visual artists, who rarely, if ever, receive recognition. So to close about Hunter, I would never waste $5 on a Biden creation. Now, when it comes to describing his father, there's serious questions as to how Joe Biden was elected to the U.S. Senate at the young age of 29, from the state of Delaware, in 1972, and served in that office for 42 years. He presided in the Senate during some of America's largest increases in the national debt, some of America's most disastrous foreign policies, and an unraveling of America's values I can't say enough about what a politician, especially a politician who kept control for their own personal need for power in serving the people in this country. It's true, politicians have the lowest approval rating of most professions. I think garbage collectors have a higher appreciation by the American population. I certainly do. Perhaps used car salesmen have an equally low esteem. Now, over the years, Joe likes to quote what his father said. And this is my point. The acorn never falls far from the tree. It was true that Joe's father was a used car salesman. And that's all I need to say about the character of Joe Biden. Before moving on to ex-President Trump, I should attempt to explain how Joe Biden continued a long-lasting career as a politician. Joe belongs to the old school of backroom negotiating, not unlike the skills of a good used car salesman, something he must have learned from his father, like a Other persuasive politicians in the U.S. Congress with 30, 40, or even 50 years of service, Joe was quick to understand how to use patronage, backroom promises, cronyism, labor union influences, and democratically controlled strongholds. He succeeded by what is called machine politics that runs almost every major city in this country, primarily on the East or West coasts. The Democratic Party succeeds by building their own voter base in urban centers, and they do it by patronage, union city contracts, and sweetheart deals to keep employees working for metropolitan monopolies. You get a contract to open a restaurant in a major airport in a major city, and your employees vote Democratic. That's how it works. Union police departments, teachers' unions, and city employees loyal by patronage are all tied to voting one way. That's how Joe beat Trump. It's old school politics. And that's how politicians such as Joe and others like Nancy Pelosi keep getting reelected. In Pelosi's case, She's second-generation machine politics, being the daughter of a mayor and congressman from Baltimore. So she's an old hand at knowing how to get votes. Now, Donald Trump is a different kind of animal, and there's plenty of reasons both legitimate and somewhat illegitimate in attempts by the Democratic Party to bury Mr. Trump. Trump doesn't belong to machine politics. His appeal and strength are not by Republican Party mandates. His support comes from a populist movement that believes in him and not necessarily a party's promises. Although it's true Trump needs the Republican vote as much as the Republican Party needs Mr. Trump. Of course, Trump has a lot of positive and negative issues. If he wins in 2024, he may be the first president elected while being indicted for some alleged crimes. But There's a big difference if Trump travels to Walter Reed Hospital. People line the streets wishing him well. But if Biden goes to Walter Reed, nobody lines the streets for him. Joe's about as popular as a cold, wet rag. He's a machine politician. Now, when speaking about Mr. Trump, there's nothing very subtle about him. Born to a wealthy New York City real estate family, Trump likes to say his father gave him a million dollars, and he turned it into a vast fortune. Supposedly, his assets are greater than his liabilities. It's difficult to determine all the businesses Trump owns. He makes money by just marketing properties using the Trump name. The USA Today publication wrote in 2016, his businesses involved more than 4,000 state and federal legal actions. Maybe that's true or not, but the record is clear. There's nothing shy about Trump. He's described as a politician, a media personality, a businessman who served as the 45th president of the United States from 2017 to 2021. And he's a presidential candidate for the 2024 election. Prior to his political career, Trump owned and sold so many businesses, it would be difficult to list all of his dealings. But here are a few of his transactions. He renovated skyscrapers, turning them into hotels, built casinos in Atlantic City, and owns over 14 golf courses. His holdings are international, along with other side ventures, mostly by licensing them using his name. He marketed foodstuffs, clothing apparel, adult learning courses, home furnishings, and besides others. He's famous for owning all or part of Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss Teen USA pageants. He built casinos in Atlantic City and Las Vegas. Mr. Trump's appeal to the voting public is significant, even though while president, he faced two impeachment proceedings which failed. He's accused of inciting an insurrection in the storming of the U.S. Capitol, claiming the 2020 election was stolen. He's been legally accused of sexual misconduct and attempting to overturn the voter returns in Georgia. And yet, Trump continues to have substantial support with Republican voters— He began his political career by promising to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. And no matter what he's accused of, he continues to have a hold on the upcoming election in 2024. For all of his faults, a large number of Americans have strong feelings about him, making 2024 A memorable year. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard Dinah Washington singing Backwater Blues from a 1958 recording at the Newport Jazz Festival, then a take by the Town Players of John Philip Sousa's Washington Post, followed by Tony Bennett singing From Rags to Riches, a 1951 recording. Next was the U.S. Navy Band, playing Four Ruffles and Flourishes, Hail to the Chief. Then more of John Philip Sousa's The Thunderer, a cut played by the U.S. Marine Band, and to close, a repeat of Hail to the Chief. Stapede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.